City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What do you do? Liquor Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. So it is late July. Nothing is happening in the NBA. So we thought it would be a good idea to do like a quick kind of wacky episode for y'all. And we got this question from Carson on Instagram. What's the worst team you think you can combine the Hornets with and win a championship? Like Hornets and Wizards together and not winning a chip, but Hornets and the Celtics would. So me and Tim, were our interests were piqued by this question. Uh, because it's a fun hypothetical. The concept is you just combine the two rosters, I guess, take the best 12 men from the Hornets and another team. And would that team not necessarily win the chip? I'm gonna We're going to rephrase it just a little bit, Carson. We're going to make it, would that team be the favorite to win the NBA Finals? Because uh, actually winning is like a harder, harder question. No team has like that high of a percentage chance any given season. Uh, but yeah, would that team be the favorite to win the Finals? Um, and Tim, you had an idea of kind of like how to break this down a little bit further. You want to, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I call this kind of the cold water section for Hornets fans, because every time around this year and like, you know, through the first month of the season, like, man, our team is stacked. God, look at all the talent we have. So we kind of just wanted to rank where our top five or six players are in the positional hierarchy of the league. So, you know, where does the mellow rank among point guards, Terry shooting guards, on and on. Yeah. Yeah. So um we're gonna start with point guards, probably the brightest spot on the team. Where does Lamello rank in the point guard hierarchy? Um so I broke into tiers. So I have players that are the first tier players that are just definitively better at the moment. Uh that would be Steph Curry, Damian Lillard Luca, uh, SGA, John Morant, hate to say it, uh, De'Aaron Fox, and Jamal Murray. And then as far as debatable goes, so in the same tier, um, that would be Halliburton, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, Jalen Brunson, Drew Holiday, and Darius Garland. So that means that our best player is at best eighth in his position. And probably lower than that. Like, I agree generally with your tier rankings, but I think if we're not Hornets fans, then you have Lamelo somewhere towards the bottom of that second tier that you just listed. Yeah, like if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be like, dude, Garland is way easier to fit into a team. Yeah, or if I were a Knicks fan, I'd be saying Brunson, but I don't believe that uh, in my heart of hearts. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of flack given to Lamelo this past year. For some reason, all of the national media has just gone way 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 too low on Lamelo, um so he has a little, a little bit of a prove it year coming up in, in his fourth season for sure yeah so what do you think assuming Lamelo just has like a you know plays 75 games makes the normal progressions could you see like where's the highest you could see him jumping up to De'Aaron Fox like I think that was that was in your first tier of players that are definitely better than him. Um, De'Aaron Fox is definitely better than Lamelo, but that one is like the new, like a new finding that he just had a one really good season. So I could see Lamelo making like a similar leap 
and being like a deer and Fox level player next season. Would you be happy about that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's not his like ceiling ceiling, but that, that seems like possible. Yeah. Do you think like after his rookie season, if you were like, Oh man, LaMelo, he's going to be the sixth best point guard in the league. That's I'd be happy about that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, okay. Shooting guards. Let's get way darker. What do you got for shooting? So yeah, when Terry first signed his... Let me preface this real quick. Tim has been sending me like stats about how bad of a season Terry Rozier's had for the past like two weeks. It's not even, it's not even though like I want, like I'm not searching them out, you know, like I'm not, you know, on like a QAnon page looking for Terry Rozier hit pages. Um, I just see him through NBA University, uh, great Twitter account. But yeah, so for the definitely better than Terry Rozier category, I have Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Desmond Bain, Anthony Edwards, Clay Thompson, Anthony Simons, Jalen Brown, Teller Harrow, and then players I'm pretty, like I'm 99% sure or better, uh, CJ McCollum, Kevin Porter Jr., Buddy Heald, Kevin Querter, Jordan Poole, and third-tier players that I'm also pretty sure, but by the end of the season, these are some younger guys. Uh, Norman Powell, Devin Vassell, Malik Monk, my boy, Monk Mafia, Gary Trent Jr., Austin Reeves, Jalen Green, uh, Bogdanovich out of Atlanta, uh, Benedict Matherin, R.J. Barrett, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, uh, Terrence Mann, Gary Trent, Colin Sexton, Marcus Smart. That is 30 players you could make a very solid argument for to be better than Terry Rozier. Okay, yeah, it's kind of shocking how many good shooting guards there are. Um, and I think there are a few players that I don't agree with your rankings. You just said like 30 players, so I'll try to remember. Kevin Porter Jr. in the 99%, you're sure he's better than Terry Rozier? I don't know about that. I don't know about Jordan Poole in that same tier also. Dude, dude. Jordan Poole sucked last year. You know who else sucked last year? Terry Rozier. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay, players maybe better than him. Dante DiVincenzo, I'm ruling that one out. Uh, Marcus Smart is a point guard. What's he doing on this list? Um, I just wasn't sure with um some of the positions a little wonky. He played point guard, like he played point guard for the Celtics. They just didn't have an actual point guard. Would you want Marcus Smart running pick and roll for you? No. Um, I'll also die on the hill that Terry Rozier is the twenty fourth best shooting guard in the league. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know if you're willing to die over that, then I will mourn your body. <laughs> but I I really just put this out there because I don't even like I like Terry Rozier. Yeah. I was just kind of astonished by like, holy shit, this list is deep. And I feel like shooting guards really since the Aaron Aflalo era. This is like pre before James Harden broke out and Kobe broke down. Um, shooting guards is just kind of a odd man position where like the superstars are not you know, evident, but it is way deeper than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Can you share like one of the bad Terry stats? Um, yes. If you don't mind editing a little bit, so it will take me a second. 
<laughs> no, all good. Um, for small forwards, we are going to skip over that uh, category for the sake of Tim's mental health. Uh, we do not <laughs> want to do the same exercise we just did and list thirty players. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and skip over that one for Gordon Hayward. Um, but you know, Tim, if Gordon Hayward were healthy, he would be the seventh man on a championship team, according to every NBA podcast <laughs> in the entire world. Oh, great. With, uh, with Jalen Brown's new contract, $30 million for a seventh man, that's a steal. Yeah. Um, so some Terry stats to throw out, which is just tough. But um, lowest field goal percentage at the rim among high-volume drivers – Terry Rozier is the fifth lowest with 57.6%. LaMelo is second lowest with 54%, but that's not what the agenda is pushing today. (laughs) We also have worst corner three-point percentage with Terry Rozier fourth at 29.6%. And drumroll, please, lowest clutch effective field goal percentage, minimum 50 attempts, Coming in at number one, that is Mr. Terry Rozier at 34%. Okay, yeah, so last year he just had a sneaky, terrible season, uh, and which is surprising because the previous two years he was pretty good. Um, down, year, down year for our boy Terry. He was having to do too much, asking, asked to do too much, but also was just worse. Um, so keep an eye on that moving forward. Again, we're going to skip small forwards. What's up? What it's, it's, I just want to say, uh, you know, you're more of a statistician than myself. Statistician, uh, statistician than myself. Um, when Terry had that outrageously clutch year, you're like, okay, well, you know, he's going to fall back to, you know, the mean. It'll be fine. It's normally just not as drastic as going from number one to the very bottom of the league. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally, that's, that's wild. Um, I think it's just I'll 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 give him a year pass. Nothing mattered last year. Actually, they'd be happy that he was worse, so we got number two pick in the draft. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a little a little alarming, e- even with how bad the team was. That he was that much worse than the previous year. Hey man, we got a Nick Smith Jr. Don't even worry about it. Power forwards. Okay, this one's a little wonky. Like it's hard to tell which players are power forwards or not. Jimmy Butler was somehow listed as a power forward. Like, I guess he played the four a lot this year. I went ahead and manually removed him because I just refused to call Jimmy Butler a power forward. Um, That's just my internal bias. But Giannis, KD, Zion, LeBron James, Lowry Markinen, Pascal Siakam, Kat, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Julius Randle, Aaron Gordon, Evan Mobley, Draymond Green. Those are the 11 players I'm 100% confident are better than Miles Bridges. Um, and then in terms of the maybes, you got Paolo Banchero, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Jeremy Grant, John Collins, Harrison Barnes, and Kyle Kuzma. Um, and I think it depends just on who Miles Bridges is coming back uh, from this year off. If he's the same Miles, then I think he's better than a lot of those players we just said, um, like Jabari Smith Jr. in particular. Jeremy Grant, it's like a toss-up. Um and, you know, he, he slides in, like, somewhere in that, like, 12 to 15 range. But if he's worse, then he's solidly behind all those players I just said. And he could be, like, the 18th best power forward. Yes. If, um, if we do this exercise again next offseason and we're like, ah, man, Harrison Barnes really just tearing up Miles Bridges, then uh, our team is in deep trouble. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of the next season's success really just hinges on did Miles like get worse? Do you say the same? Somehow improve, right? Like it's it's really dependent on him and, and Lamelo and how how much better or did they did they say the same this this off season? Yeah, because this is not like oh man, he tore his ACL. Like we'll see what happens. Like we there's just no precedent for this. Um, and power forward in general, I think, is like a really interesting position. I wouldn't say it's necessarily undervalued, but it's just in the whole, you know, small ballification, everyone, you know, interchangeable positions, like power forwards are kind of the odd man out. Yeah. It's like if you're a power forward, that pretty much means that you're not quick enough to defend small forwards and you can't protect the rim. Like, so you have to be really good in, like, two aspects of the game. Agreed. Agreed. I think this is also just a helpful exercise in realizing why the Hornets were so much worse last year, right? Like, we had Lamelo at 8th, and then Miles, like, at the best is at 12th, right? So, I mean, we're just missing, a, I mean, one of our two <laughs> players well, all of season last year. <laughs> yeah, normally, like, you know, you talk about, like, a – Okay, if a team has to win a championship, you need at least one top five player and another like, you know, top fifteen. And it's like, do you mean by positions? <laughs> that would that would really help us out. <laughs> okay, uh center, I'm gonna try to read these names as quickly as humanly possible. So bear with me. Uh but Mark Williams is is shockingly not in the top five centers. Uh, Jokic and Bede, Anthony Davis, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Porzingis, Clint Capella, Triple J, Walker Kessler, Bam Adebayo, Miles Turner, DeAndre Ayton, Jared Allen, Rob Williams, Alpern Shangun, Jonas Valanciunas, Rudy Gobert, Mitchell Robinson, Brooke Lopez, Kevon Looney, Stephen Adams, Victor Wembanyama, Al Horford, all 100% better than Mark Williams. No disagreements on my end. Okay, and then in the next list, we mean Tim like kind of talked this one over. You wanted to have Vucevic in there. I wanted him in the for sure yeses. Uh, you can kind of explain your thinking thinking on that in a second. Nick Claxton, Jakob Pertl, Nyeko Kongwu, Wendell Carter Jr., Jalen Duran, and Avika Zubac. Um, so on the high end, we got Mark Williams slotting in at twenty three next year. On the low end, he's at like uh, thirty. It's cool because you know if you just came out of like a you know, prison in Taiwan and you've been gone for five years, we pretty much just read off half the NBA players. <laughs> oh, this list. So you're like, oh, shit, man, that's what's going on. Um, for for Vooch, um, as much as I love him, he's been a, uh, a fantasy basketball standout. Never been on a good team. Never been on a good team whatsoever. Doesn't even drive. Like, he's not one of those guys who even, like, Oh, well, the team wasn't good. Like, you know, a Kevin Love, Minnesota situation where like they tore it up when he was on the court and got blown away when he was off. It's like, no, it's like when he plays, they're the 14th best offense and the 22nd best defense. I mean, if we if we offered Mark Williams for Vucevic, even contracts aside, I think that Chicago would do that. No question. Um, Contracts aside? Yeah, dude, I think dude, I think Vooch sucks. That man has concrete boots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with the contracts. They would they would do it. Uh without the contracts, it would be like an admission of failure on their part. So maybe they wouldn't do it, but uh in a vacuum, I agree. Yeah, I mean I just you know, so I guess as we do this, really the thing to say, 
the Hornets do have promising players, and these players could move up the rankings. Other they than the non-existent small forwards, they could also move down. There is the darkest timeline is somehow Mark Williams averages like seven and five, and just can't get past Nick Richards. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what has this Cupcheck era become? Um. All right. If you have any disagreements with us, feel free to reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Hornets Podcast. Uh, we're going to get into it now with like just like the exercise we described earlier, combining the rosters. Would this team be the favorite to win the finals? Bucks, yes, they might be the favorites without us. Celtics, yes. Seventy Sixers, also yes, a little more interesting, but yes. Um, and then this is where it gets tough. What do you think about the Hornets roster combined with the Cavs roster? Are they the favorites? I mean, if the bench was more important in the playoffs, yes. But, I mean, maybe you could do a Lonzo Ball situation where you kind of push Lamelo to the three. And, you know, Miles has the added versatility, Gordon... I wouldn't. I still wouldn't say they're the favorites, though. Yeah, maybe not over. I mean, the bar. The bar is the Nuggets, right? Um, is that team- even? Even if we want to do the Eastern Conference, I'm just like I don't know how that team would defend the Celtics. It would be a terrible defensive team. On specifically, it. I mean, a guard. It would be really rough, right? I mean, it's not like you know. Dean Wade or Okoro is doing that much. I mean, I think they would be worse. But, yeah, I mean, you would have to assume that Mobley was taking a big leap defensively and pretty much turning into, like, prime KG. And, I mean, maybe if LaMelo got really hot and Terry also got really hot, but it's not an inspiring team. No. No, it's not. There's too much positional overlap. Um, like both teams need a small forward, right? Um, where like Lamelo, like you just brought up that Lamelo playing the three lineup. Um, it, ideally we would just have a small forward that could that could fit in with that starting five, and then you move Garland to the bench. But <laughs> hey, we're course, we're we're paying our small forward thirty million dollars this season. What do you mean he uh, wouldn't play? Wait, uh, I forgot where he was on the small four. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we're both on the same page. It's close, but probably not quite. I agree. Eastern Conference Finals. New York Knicks? Um, I kind of want to put Miles on that team just to see like an ultra, ultra lefty lineup. That would be cool. But um, aside from that, no, I don't see how we really solve any of their issues. No, again, there's too much positional overlap. Lamelo plays the same position as Brunson. Uh, Miles plays the same position as uh, as Randall. And uh, I mean, I guess we add in like Terry and Gordon. I mean, the team gets more depth, but this isn't really a question of like depth. Like, you can have twelve pretty good players. That team usually doesn't win the finals. Um, you know, you you need you need a top five that's that's elite. Uh, and there's not enough room on the court for for these teams, like these hypothetical combined teams to work. It's really about your top eight players. 
right? When you get this is a sentence that probably no one has said before, Mark. Um, did you see Evan Fournier's quotes? No. <laughs> he he pretty much came out and said he's like, oh man, I hated playing with the Knicks. Um, I sat on the sidelines with Derrick Rose, and yeah, I pretty much spit at Tibbs' thoughts. Like I know I'm a player, and it's like that would be Gordon Hayward for sure. He's like, why am I not getting playing time? No, Gordon Hayward would get 40 minutes. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a spark plug. He's a gritty player. All right. Uh, no for us on the Knicks. Nets, like a definite no. Uh, they snuck into the sixth seed because they had KD and Kyrie for more than half the season. Um, but, yeah, I think the Nets is like a definite no and, and not that interesting. Um, the Hawks, pretty interesting. But again, the same problem. They have Trey Young, and they don't have John Collins anymore. But Trey Young and Lamelo playing together—that's like, I mean, are Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, and Lamelo playing together? It's like the problem they already have, where there's only one ball, and they have two point guards that just turns into three. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I don't think that team wins the chip. Dejounte Murray's like, dude, I shoot forty-five percent. On long twos, why am I not running the offense? <laughs> it's like I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a fun team, but yeah, I don't think that our players really boost them up much at all. All right, Miami Heat. Uh, this one is a yes for me. They just made it to the finals. They were the eight seed. That's why they're so low on this list. I'm just doing it in in regular season rankings order. Uh, this team's a definite yes, though. They don't have a point guard that's super good. Lamelo fits that vo- fills that void. Miles Bridges could play the four, and Jimmy Butler can play his proper position of the three. Bam at the five. That is a squad. Uh, that is a very very nice team, and I think that team beats the Nuggets. Uh, if if we ran that back, I absolutely agree. Yeah, that was the first team on my radar where I was like, oh, especially because like we have the uh, we have the players that fit their needs. I'm just like, okay. LaMelo, better passer than Jokic. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, you can get the the Martin Twin reunion. Uh, they can just each alternate playing, you know, 15 minutes each every, every other game. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about the Martins. I also love the fact of, like, Spolstra and Pat Riley are just like, all right. We're gonna start practicing at seven thirty tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll close out at twelve o'clock. And Lamelo is like, "What? <laughs> you guys cry like no? <laughs> like I'm absolutely not doing that. Ten yeah. percent body fat? Mm, no. Eat culture. Eat culture would be uh, would be a little rough on some of our some of our star players. Uh, okay, in the West, Nuggets. We don't have to talk about it. They just won the finals. I'm assuming we somehow wouldn't make them worse. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. I also think is a yes. Um, do you disagree, Tim? Uh, no, no, I, I I agree with that, especially with if we're assuming Brandon Clark, you know, his injury does maintain, you know, torn Achilles don't really bounce back from that. It'd be good. It, you did raise an interesting question. What team would we add together to actually make it worse? <laughs> I, think, I think it's impossible. Uh, did, did you see uh, Amanya Bates' quote? No. They were like, oh, man, you know, you excited to be in the league? You know, uh, who do you look up to? And he was like, oh, man, my big brothers, you know, I love uh, John Morant, Miles Bridges, 
And you could see the the reporter be like, fuck, man, you give better answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Ray Caruth. <laughs> not, not great answers. Um, Next up on the list, we got Sacramento Kings. And we've already kind of talked about this one. That team would be so fun, but I don't think they're getting it done. I don't think they're the favorites to win the finals. They don't have a top five player. They don't have a top 10 player for that matter. Um, and so it's sort of like a team with hella depth, hella fun, um, Malik Monk reunion in Charlotte, but not a team that I think would be favored to win the finals. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They, um, uh, Chris Conley in the mid two thousands had a great article, like critically acclaimed teams. It was like the 2007 Suns, you know, teams of that ilk in uh different sports, like the Buffalo bills from a couple years ago. They like they're the most entertaining, most influential teams. They never won a championship, but um, yeah, no, they would absolutely be the most fun team to watch. Also, I never thought about it until you said it. I've kind of been assuming that these teams would usurp the Hornets, but right. if these teams are playing in Charlotte, it kind of changes my mentality. I'm pretty pumped <laughs> for all these teams. <laughs> uh, next on the list, we got the Phoenix Suns. I think that one's a definite yes. That team would be stacked. Uh, we would fix their depth problem. They have no depth at the moment. Uh, surprisingly, if you add two NBA rosters together, you get a little bit of depth. Um, and yeah, I mean, that would be an incredible, incredible team. Um, <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about it. Clippers, we also don't really need to talk about. Um, unless Paul George and Kawhi get hurt again, then then we need to talk about it because then it's just the Hornets. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think that one's a yes too, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, assuming even like base injury health, health, uh, I like that. I also just like the idea of um, Lamelo Ball talking to Kawhi Leonard. Seems pretty entertaining. Golden State Warriors, also a yes for me. Um, there is like a little bit of a fit question with them now having three point guards um, that would that would need minutes. But nah, I'm pretty sure they would figure it out. Lamelo on the Warriors. We <laughs> if they had drafted him instead of James Wiseman, uh, they would be so much better off at this point. They probably would have won the chip uh, three years in a row. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, Miles Bridges would also be a pretty decent fit uh, at the four. They could play a small ball lineup with Miles and Draymond Green. That is a pretty fun team. <laughs> yeah, I like that you went the Bob Myers route there for a second. I actually, I kind of think that they would have only won one chip overall, but maybe it would have been this year instead of last year. I don't know. I never really bought into the thing of like, oh, well, you know, Jordan Poole wouldn't have developed as much with LaMelo. As much, like, if I wasn't a Hornets fan, I would be really pissed off that the Warriors did not take LaMelo. Yeah. That would have been one of the all-time best teams to watch. Yeah, I mean, I was being hyperbolic when I said three years, but but I think maybe they would have won this year with Lamelo instead of Wiseman. I mean, they didn't even have Wiseman on the team by the end of the year. Ah, uh, but how would they have traded for Gary Payton Jr. that they let walk? Mm, very interesting. <laughs> In retrospect, that will never get talked about because they won the championship, and that is all that matters at the end of the day. But imagine if we just traded LaMelo Ball so we could get back like Courtney Lee or something. You'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) 
Uh, next team, we got the Lakers. I'm going to go with, yes, uh, this is another one where the fit is, like, pretty magical. Um, you get you get Miles and LeBron. They're both – that's, like, a big three and four. But uh, they can they deal with it. And LaMelo comes in and plays point guard. That is that is Showtime 2.0, I agree. Yeah, we got the clutch connections. Um, Terry and LeBron, that would be a killer combo. And, uh, you know, Mark Williams – because Anthony Davis probably like, I don't want to play center. Like, let's do this. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> now that that team would be monstrous. That team would be so much. Imagine the dunks, dude. Just imagine the the lobs. Uh, yeah, that team would be incredibly fun. And uh, my part <laughs> of the favorites. <laughs> but, but in reality, LeBron would be like, we got to trade these young guys. Like, All right, Lamelo, <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> well, we're trading him for Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, T-Wolves, what are your thoughts on T-Wolves? I'll let you take that one. Um, Pretty much would just be a huge super fan of their backcourt. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think they would contend for a championship. I just think that that would be great quotes after every game. But I feel like they would – they'd probably win like 48 games. Who's moving to the bench? Miles? Yes. Or, no, they'll finally no. They'll finally just like play Rudy off the bench or play or play yeah Rudy off the bench. I think. Ah, huh, yeah. I mean that's that's like the one that came to mind where I'm like, eh, that's like a two K situation. It's like you would just trade Cat, I guess. Maybe right. trade Cat and Rudy. I don't know. Yeah, because you can't play all three of them together for sure. They already have too big of a, a front court. One of them would have to move to the bench. I think it would be optimal to bring Rudy off the bench and then let, like, Cat play some four. Because, um, I mean, the two centers experiment just didn't really work. Um, so they, I think they need to move one of them to the bench if they get Miles Bridges. Yeah, but they're probably – maybe they would just move Miles. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I agree with you. Uh, it's the same principle as before. Like, you just need, like, a top five player. That team would be sick. Um, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball together, even though LaMelo Ball is way, 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 way better. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. <laughs> uh, I It would be very fun to watch that. OKC, what do you got? Um, OKC, like, conference finals, but not not the championship. Just such a, such a young team. Yeah, yeah. It would still be too young to make actual noise. Pelicans? Uh, so we're assuming like 60 games out of Zion, healthy for the playoff run. I still know. I, I do, as much as I love our team, I have like real questions about LaMelo in the playoffs. Like, I'll I don't think the other be... way. I'll say, I'll say yes. I'll say yes on the Pelicans. Um, I think... Well, Mello fits in very well with that team. I think Miles' fit is a little bit more questionable. Can you play Miles Bridges and Zion together? Probably not so effectively. What are the chances that Trey Murphy is just better than Miles this year? Non-zero. Non-zero. Trey Murphy's pretty good, though. I Uh, think, yeah, like a greater than 30% chance. Yeah. I I mean – I, I certainly hope not. If if he's better than Miles Bridges, that's a bad season for us. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I, even. I think, team, I don't, I think that team with a health with a healthy Zion, you made that stipulation. Uh, I think that team is favored. Uh yeah, I would I would say so. I I don't think it is like a a jab to Miles. I just think the Trey Murphy's awesome. I got you, Mavericks. This is the last team we got to do. Um, they're definitely losing, but I think that within three weeks of hanging out together that LaMelo would be full QAnon with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> You've had some hot takes on the personalities of our players. Um, okay. I guess, I guess that wraps up the segment, the, the bulls and Raptors and Pacers and shit. We didn't mention those cause we just assumed y'all would figure out that those are obvious no's. Same thing with all the bottom teams in, in the West and the East. So in total, let's let's go back and do some math. We had four teams from the East, the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and the uh, Heat. And in the West, there was a lot more. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, and half a Pelicans. So in total, that is ten and a half teams <laughs> we could combine roster with rosters with to be the favorite to win the nba finals so i mean the worst teams i mean like miami just made the finals but i still like does anyone have the heat in the top five some people do probably i think that's i think that's reasonable um considering considering how well they played in the playoffs you could expect them to kind of do it again that's fair. Yeah, I think of all the teams combined, the Kings would be the most fun to watch. But yeah, I mean, as far as championship goes, without it being, you know, just like ridiculously overpowered, I, I would love to see our team merge with the Heat as much as I hate the Heat. We'll call them the Miami Hornets. How about that, Tim? Um, I'd just rather call them the Charlotte Hornets, and we just take their players. How about that? That, that would be even better. That's what a you good got compromise. for media corner, Tim? Media corner. Um, I hate to say it. I did the uh, did the obvious move of seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer first, and I was kind of in such a trance after I saw. Not even trance. I was just despondent after seeing it. It's a beautiful, tough watch. I went and saw Barbie afterwards. They were also playing at the uh, AMC on South Boulevard. Terrifier. Which, um, if anyone has not seen that movie, I would not recommend it. But it is brutal brutally gory so in classic tim stance i brought up two movies and i'm recommending terrifier which is a i don't know how to describe it a horror slasher film that is just debilitating to watch what you got mark uh yeah you recommended Barb- barbenheimer for uh for a date night if anybody wants a good date night go see those two movies in theaters i was in albuquerque new mexico this past weekend and uh, everybody wanted to go see the new Mission Impossible movie. And uh, I have a secret, Tim. I've never seen one of those movies until this past Saturday. And uh, I got to say, I could have gone without seeing any of them. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't didn't love it, dude. Uh, I, there was like a certain point in the movie where I thought it was going to end. And then it just didn't end. And then I was like, shit, it's still going. Um, I mean, is. I like it to a degree, but I guess I don't have enough backstory. I saw like the like seventh one or whatever. Um, you know, I, I liked it for about an hour and a half, but I was ready. I was ready for it to be over by the end. 
that's a big um anti AI film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it was timely. It was. It was. You know, supercomputer taking over the world kind of thing. You know, like how you buy stocks and players. Yeah, you're just like, ah, oh, man. You know, I'm really riding for X and O. Um, I bought a ton of Tom Cruise stock in like the late 2000s when he was on his like Scientology crash, and um, <laughs> I've held on to it all this time. I feel like I bought Bitcoin. <laughs> Except I have nothing to show for it other than you got to support your uh, your short kings, Tom Cruise. Sell it, sell it now. Sell it now. I'm telling you. Do I, you know what? It's going to the moon because Tom Cruise. Just, I think there's a legitimate chance that in like Mission Impossible 12, Tom Cruise dies in a submarine, and they're gonna film it, and and it's like his last will and testament. He'd be like, put it out. It's for <laughs> cinema. That dude just cares about movies. I'll ride with him to the end of days. I love it. All right. Uh, it's, been, it's been real, Tim. Catch you next Thursday. <laughs> All right. Be safe, Liquor Mark. Peace. Peace.